Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and so many theories. You can follow The Story Tinker right here on YouTube, as well as all podcast platforms. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. If you like what you see, please like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of the Purple Hyacinth podcast on The Story Tinker, titled Royal Retaliation. And today we have Rin and Fu. Hello, I'm back again. And she is back for a very special reason. And who's your favorite character? Oh, as just like my profile pic showed in this video, it's Beckett. Oh, so we are here to unite Rin with her lover and get them as much screen time together as possible. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I mean, he doesn't know of your existence yet, so we kind of have to like tell him. And this is the perfect time to do so. Ah, the introduction of Dating Lines in this episode. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so we just concluded the last episode with the gruesome killing of like a billion people in the tower by our darling assassin, Kirin. And we wake up this morning with a totally peaceful and calm scene. We see a bureau, we see a dresser, and we see Kim getting dressed, looking out the window. And in the corner, we see two things. We see a picture of a fan. looks like a family picture. Well, it's a picture. And it has four people in the picture. Hmm. And there's also the, the watch that she always wears, the pocket watch, is on her bed. And we actually have a kind of, you know, we see her picking up the pocket watch and taking her gun and an old and hot while the picture is in the background so it's like it's in like several frames so we're meant to notice that picture so what are your theories on the picture and its contents sibling um whoever d is dl is their sibling because like i mean i guess it could be a grandparent but uh looking at the heights in that photo we see that there are two figures who are about the same height then we have who we assume is Kim um, who is shorter than both those two figures and then we have a figure that's taller than all three figures and that is maybe her dad I mean it could also be her mom depending but you know a little bit you can't really tell which one of them is taller but yeah it could be a sibling though I've also theorized that it could be a grandparent mm-hmm. yeah um let me see if I can find my grandparent theory okay you have a grandparent theory mm-hmm. this theory for everything here huh <laughs> as expected from foot so meanwhile she grabs her coat and she goes to leave and she tells her parents like mom dad I'll be leaving now and <clears throat> they're cute they're sitting at this kitchen table Seems like a pretty humble home, you know, clean, wooden, um, simple. And her mom's wearing an apron, I think, and serving breakfast, sitting at the table. So looks like a nice homey atmosphere. Anyway, she leaves, she goes out the door, and there is a newspaper um, at her doorstep. She picks it up, it's the visual now. She yawns and takes a look at the title page, at which her face just goes in shock. So whatever it was, 
you know, we can guess <laughs> Kim is <clears throat> in chalk. So yeah, pretty good chance it's of the massacre last night. <clears throat> okay, I found the theory. So okay. my theory says, um, it's pretty short. Um, like she said, pocket watches are more associated with age and with more vintage eras and communicate a sense of oldness to us. And the watch is fancy, like as in the golden pocket watch, as we know that that is likely DLs. And I'm not sure how soon a sibling, even if 10 years older, would be able to afford it, especially if just coming from a middle-class background. Because um, if we look at the Liddell's household, it's pretty modest, like compared to Lauren's household, or um, Karen's, or it's more like Karen's, right? And Karen's isn't super high up socially, but I even then, like their house opinion. is pretty plain. There's not a lot of extravagance. Like Kim's gold watch is like what the seemingly most expensive thing, like individually, because it seems gold plated, if not like you know a more rare metal. And then, like, their living room are simple wood chairs, simple wood sofas, simple wood table. Like, that is, like, I, pretty modernist. So it does um, show us that Kim, unlike Will and Lauren, comes from a poorer background. So middle class, if not in between middle class and lower class. Oh, no, it's interesting. It could actually be from the grandparent passed down to the sibling. Like, yeah. On like a momentous occasion, like, hmm, maybe graduating the police academy. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can yeah. say the outside interior of Kim's house does look like a typical Londoner's house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Minor spoilers, but we come back to this house a little bit later on. And I always notice that the street looks so much like um it looks a lot like London and the architecture is really pretty Mm. Mm. yep and speaking of architecture we now move on to the next part of this episode and we see the stunning architecture which is the palace and we get the view of the turrets and towers and now we get an area, a bird's eye view of somebody running down this uh, carpet. It's a beautiful, like, hallway, you know, marble floors, columns, beautiful red carpet. And he's running down with a red cape because he's running fast because the cape is billowing behind him. And he is, you know, kind of approaching the door fast as far as in front of the door. And <clears throat> he clacks the door open. And here we are introduced to, this is the profile picture you have, Rin. <laughs> Heaven's gate has opened. Yes. A rather stunning man with green eyes. <laughs> um, maybe in his early 40s, I think. What, how old do you, do you think he looks to you? Uh, initially, probably I have bad eyesight, but I thought he was like in his 20s. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you just wanted it to be closer in age to you. <laughs> the 40, you know, <laughs> things get added later down the road. I so always thought it's actually he was, 39 and a half so I'm like 40 is quite all right with me <laughs> yeah I always thought that he was like around 40 like maybe a little bit older maybe a little bit younger but 40 is where I've always placed him because I, I don't know 
we're going to learn more about, you know, um, the timing based on like things that happen. And then we can deduce more about his age from there. <clears throat> so he comes in um, and he is, you know, dressed in this elegant military like uniform, opens the door, looks perturbed. And we see his name is Dakin Rimesell or Dakin, the king's right hand. Okay, so he's got a pretty important position. And now we have a horizontal shot where Dokken or slash Dakin is standing at the edge of this large room with windows. There's this um, long table with chairs. And at the end of it is the king with somebody standing behind him and the queen or somebody in an elegant dress. So he introduces the queen because she has a crown looking maybe a little shady over there. She's literally in the shade. I'm just saying. Shady queen. Yeah, and I think that's Jimmy Carter um, behind her <laughs> uh, in, in the portrait. So um, the king, you know, says, hmm, and, you know, the page behind him also looks. And we have the high king of our palace, Philip um, Avastar, Avastar, whatever. So he's been, you know, looks up from the papers. And then we have the queen, the high queen of our palace, Elizabeth Avastar. Um, her dress is stunning, by the way, I just have to say, it's like, I'm like, who wears this dress at like eight in the morning to do like, I don't know, paper work. <laughs> like, I agree. I, and a black queen, dress. Though. She's like literally a queen though. Yeah. <laughs> like an actual <laughs> queen. She has the money and like, you know, the power to abuse that money. <laughs> but honestly, Bestie, I mean, is it seriously the best we can do right now? Well, like, it's a pretty dress, but those sleeves are not it. I'm sorry. Like the sleeves, they're, they're too long if you are going to be an oppressive force, at least make sure your outfit looks beautiful and magnificent. If doing so, like you have the corset already on the right step. But we need some battle armor in there, you know? And then we need some maybe black nail polish. And then your crown. The hair looks great, but your crown, bestie. The crown is Get too something small. to hold it down. <laughs> it's going to fall off. Girl is going the medieval route. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's also, she gives me more like, middle ages vibes and like mm. victorian era like i want to see her in a more like victorian looking dress maybe because she's older maybe something from like the 18th like the early 19th century so a bit more on the what's it called I, the pride and prejudice era if you know what i mean not bridgerton not bridgerton but, but um, like, that, that was late 1700s i think yeah, so I can't remember what it's called. The era. Oh my god. Basically, high busts. Like, high busts, long skirts, and then gathering in the back. That would have been cool to see if she was old-fashioned. But, Bestie, you are like 300 years late. What is this? I think her outfit is great. So I'm going to defend her fashion choices. <laughs> I, mean, I like her outfit until the sleeves. I think this is the kind of dress you only wear on like formal occasions. Like, I don't think it's an everyday dress, but whatever. Maybe she likes to dress to impress every day. Not gonna lie, like, I do get tempted to wear a battler's top or dress because of this outfit. 
remember I once um, got dressed up in like Victorian style clothing and I was like, oh my God, I want to wear this every day. And there actually is someone who does that. Um, who said someone, it's a guy who he dresses in Regency clothing every day. It's really cool. Ooh. Yeah, I'll send you his Instagram later. Anywho, so um, he, Dokken takes the knee and he says, your majesty, my queen, which is like, I guess he's referring first to the, you know, the king, but already, you know, he, he's definitely including the queen in there. So she's clearly an equal in that relationship, if not more, as we'll see. And the king says, Sir Ramsel, what is going? And Dokken looks down and he just, he interrupts him and he says, the purple hyacinth has struck again. Every phantom scythe member that Loon exposed is dead. It's already all over the papers. And the queen says, everyone, but, sorry, I have to switch to my, but they were imprisoned in the tower. And Dokken says, and he's like yelling, he's still looking down. He says, yes, he slit the guards' throats on his way in and then it went straight to the prisoners. And, and then he looks up, the king, you know, puts his hands to his eyes, he sighs, and he says, guards, leave us. And they do. And then we get another aerial shot. The king is at his, you know, his table with paperwork in front of him. Queen and Dawkins are there. Dawkins come, they all come closer to the king. And Dawkins says, the people are afraid, Philip. Aww. So his first concern is for the people, which is great. Oh, what a great bag. Yes. <laughs> As of now. However. <laughs> hey. However, he may not be concerned about the people. I just want to say that the people are concerned. You could always be like, hey, if we don't do something, then you might lose your status and your power because the people will overthrow you. So he, just because he says the people are concerned doesn't mean that he is, like, concerned for them. It could also mean that, like, hey, this could be code for, like, your power is under threat. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's true. Dokken, but I have faith in Dokken, but, like, you know. We like him, so we're going to judge him favorably. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Kieran doesn't get enough criticism. That doesn't get enough criticism. Yes, no, it's true. A handsome face will turn many uh, minds. <laughs> so. And um, yeah, and he continues. They're one breath away from rioting on the streets. Chief Sinclair um, managed to stop a revolt last time, but the shock is much more serious now. And also, we're just noticing here right away mentions Chief Sinclair as being capable and, you know, here notice what this guy has done just saying keep that in mind maybe he like appreciates this fellow my eyes are opening right mm-hmm. <laughs> I just notice that now on this reread and the king says this um the assassin snuck inside the tower the most highly guarded section of the prison like it was a a vulgar shop okay dude like since one is a shop vulgar exactly but whatever <sighs> Nothing will prevent him from infiltrating the castle next time. So hmm, he's worried about himself. Like, I mean, not surprised, right? <laughs> Most people do that. And then Dawkins turns around and says, Leader didn't send his most infamous assassin there for nothing. It was a calculated risk. And he is sending us a message and we get a flashback to, you know, everyone dead on the floor in the tower. And boom, you can take over. Well... So, um, yeah, we see a flashback to episode uh, 40, and the corpse is on the floor, you know, lovely, so aesthetic, Kieran, find a better, um, you know, Friday night evening event. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) 
I was this is probably like what the other guards woke up on when people came in. This is likely what they found. So uh Philip, I don't remember his name, yeah, Philip, I think. He had them killed before they could reveal anything more to the police. His pawns mean nothing to them. And Elizabeth says, why should they? He blew up a train station full of civilians just to kill one man. Who knows what he'd do to ruin any progress we're making with Mick Trevor and the others. And Dawkin, who is at the window looking over at Hollis, says, the Phantom Scythe has been growing increasingly active for a while now, and people fear another Allendale. And then Philip says, and they are right to be afraid. We have always known that such a catastrophe is bound to reoccur, so long as the Phantom Scythe remains undefeated. And Dawkins says, no, this country can't afford to lose another king at the hands of these criminals. We will prevent it, Philip. It's interesting that, it's interesting that Dawkins, you know, feeding into what you were saying, Phil, he does, instead of saying, oh, we can't lose like hundreds of civilians, he says, we can't lose another king. (laughs) Ooh, good point. Sorry. <laughs> Shame. I have my personal theory about Queen Elizabeth and her susness. So if you notice when she says, you know, why should they? He blew up a train station full of civilians just to kill one man. She's like looking to the side. I don't know. You know, when you want to mm-hmm. avoid being honest, you look to the side. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Liz, no one has ever looked to their side and avoided being sussed by someone else. <laughs> Like, Elizabeth <laughs> is also being bathed in a lot of shadows right now. And that, like, basically gave me paranoia for a year. <laughs> I still have that paranoia. <laughs> but Elizabeth legit be looking like the Phantom Scythe leader. And yeah. then, the cherry on top. I, I, I think I mentioned this, but, like, a really long time ago. For those who may not know, there was a theory called the Ruffle Theory. And oh, this gosh. Theory, it's been so long since I've talked about hey. it. Let me have this one. <laughs> it's been months in the, since this was relevant. But this theory basically told us that, like, the Phantom Scythe hierarchy was based off whether these characters were Ruffles or not. Oh, my gosh. I remember that. <laughs> oh. Iconic. Three layers of ruffles meant a messenger. Two layers of ruffles, so like you know, two ruffles stuck on top of the, um, like you know, on the neck, meant apostle, and then That's- one layer meant the leader. And if you look at Lisbeth, she technically has two ruffles, but they're like side by side. They're not on top of each other, meaning she actually only has one ruffle layer. <laughs> Which means she's the leader. <laughs> yeah. That was the mental state of fan theories for the longest time. Wanting to overthrow her own husband. So I my theory about Girl Boss. Oh wait. I think that she was responsible for the killing of King Edward because she wanted to get him out of the way so she could rule. And it seems to be that she dominates King Philip, and we'll see this a little bit more in their interaction. And, like, right after he says, you know, this country can't afford to lose another leader, 
she looks again suspicious. There's another panel just of her. So I'm like, were you the one to make them lose that leader? And, you know, she looks suspicious when she says, oh, you would blow up an entire train station just to kill one man. Hmm, was it you, Elizabeth? Did you blow up an entire train station just to kill one man? Anyway, that's my theory. And I'm I agree with that theory. <laughs> oh, yeah, same. Um, I have a theory related to that. I don't, I guess we'll say it. it's kind of influenced by what we know from later episodes, but oh, well. Um, it's no direct spoilers but basically my my theory is that Elizabeth isn't the leader however she is in collaboration with the phantom site to um, basically take out um, like the current monarchy because one of my friends on discord her name's Alo she's lovely she's brilliant she always says like she, or she used to always say this, but she used to always say, I have no idea how Art Hollis hasn't been annexed at this point. And I'm like, but what if like a foreign country is trying to, and they're in collaboration with the Phantom Scythe to take over Art Hollis because someone has to be supplying the Phantom Scythe with bombs. And I think they're going to have a harder time importing them domestically. So the Phantom Scythe, because it could have gone so powerful by working with foreign nations to like overtake Art Hollis. And so Elizabeth had to come from somewhere, right? She had to come from some foreign nation, likely. It would, I really hope that it wasn't really, she didn't come like, you know, somewhere from Art Hollis because that might be, there might be a little bit of the, we're accidentally related bit in there like if she does come from like Art Hollis so if she's in the positions where it's like high king high queen it was likely that her marriage was a like treaty I guess between two nations Mm -hmm. so Art Hollis could like be trying to you know get a good relationship with another nation however that nation might have put Elizabeth in to take control right and then when the phantom scythe actually came they were like oh shoot we can team up with the phantom scythe because elizabeth has a son that's about nine or ten years old we don't have an we don't actually know between those two ages so she has been around at least since like allendale however she's probably been around longer so it's likely that this foreign nation if this theory is true, um, has been planning the takeover of Artalis for a while now. And then the Phantom okay. Scythe popping up was also like, hey, this is good. This is good. We can use the Phantom Scythe. Because, <laughs> like, I'm just saying, allying themselves so, with, with, like, like violent groups is not something that's totally different from what we see in IRL politics. So I also agree. I don't think she's the actual leader because we have like several things, especially later on saying that the leader is male, but I definitely think she's collaborating in some way or she's behind something. Yeah. And there's definitely more we can talk about that is kind of, yeah, not right now. So I guess we'll discuss it when we get to it, but that kind of like has me wondering, but anyway, we'll get to it when we get to it. (laughs) Oh yeah. So, well, 
Dokken is staring out the window, looking majestic. His shadow is just it's like, you know, he fits right in that window in the center part. Elizabeth is doing a side eye shifty glance. Shadi, we see you. And <laughs> Dokken says, I swore it to you on my life. And then it turns back. And he gives a slight smile and he says, things have been much better under your reign. You've gained the sympathy of the people. And then he, his bro, his, what? His burrow, <laughs> his <laughs> eyebrows furrow. <laughs> like, a bit. And he says, they'll fight for you against these monsters. And Elizabeth says, Armzul is right. The situation is much different now. You are much more popular than your father. And that's thanks to you, Burr. Notice how she casts a shadow on him. Okay, so Elizabeth, like, she goes up to Philip and she puts her hands on his shoulder. I'm just saying. She looks hella sus in this moment. Like, so manipulative to me. mm -hmm. She's literally holding him like a puppet. Right? That's like he's literally a puppet to be needed. Very true. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth is literally the personification of gaslight gatekeep girl boss like that's the same thing <laughs> she is gaslight gatekeep girl boss Never Ooh, that. can i mention oh sorry yeah go ahead sorry oh no i was about to say like do you guys notice how the queen's face was in the dark in comparison to dagan's face facing towards the light and the king sits between them his face half light half in the dark yes. because they have but they both have power over him to lead him into different directions. Yep. Philip has no free will of his own, okay? It's either Dokken or Elizabeth. Both <laughs> are controlling him, right? Yeah, he seems easily swayed. I mean, like, he's also unaware of it. He tells them that's thanks to you both. You know, he's a grateful guy. You've both been of tremendous help to me after his death. You know, like, he's, he seems nice enough. And like sometimes people who are too nice are manipulated by other people. Yeah, he's like the epitome of privilege. Like he has no idea what's actually going on. And that is because of his position. Like he's just been so freaking sheltered. Either that or he literally doesn't care. Because as King, you think he'd probably be briefed in a lot of stuff. But I think it's more that he doesn't understand the gravity of what's going on. I don't know i don't think we know enough yet but i, I think from this interaction at least we, we do he does seem to be involved and aware and not unsympathetic but i mean i think we don't know we haven't been his character hasn't been fleshed out fully honestly so i don't think we really know enough to do a full judgment mm-hmm. which, which is a shame because i think this is one of like the most unique um episodes in ph because of course, we're introduced to a bunch of characters that we only see, like, you know, once in the season. But it's also, um, it's also interesting because instead of doing, like, character reactions, we see, we see the monarchy instead. So we could have seen, like, what Kira and Lauren, Cam, Will, whatever, what they were doing after the massacre. But no, we don't. We see the monarchy instead which i feel like is a really underrated moment because it was just such a perfect time to show us 
the authority figures in our talus and them reacting to it instead. And I think like them coming from, from an outside perspective will always be more powerful than like immediately having like Lauren's reaction to it because it sets the stage for what comes next. And it expands the world building of Purple Hyacinth as well. Mm-hmm. Because like this is a moment that the authorities would be discussing so it makes sense that they are and I think it's really cool that we got to see that scene and especially that this is how these characters are introduced to us in the middle or not in the middle but on the brink of crisis right so um so Philip says, and that's thanks to you both. You both have been tremendous help with me after his death, implying Edward, so his dad. And Elizabeth, whose face is almost 100% in the shadows, is giving a very creepy smile. I don't like, trust her at all. It's like supportive wife smile or I got my way smile. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could be both ways. So... Philip turns and he says, "What do you suggest I do, Dawkin, Elizabeth? You've always been better. Pe- you've always been better with the people than me." And that is the panel that Bryn was referring to, where Elizabeth in the, is in the shadows, Dawkin is in the light, and then Philip, his face is literally half and half right now. This man cannot decide. <laughs> totally, totally suggesting, right, that Dawkin is the one who leads him in the light path, like you know for the people as we see seems like Dawkins always advocates for the people Elizabeth is the one leading him to the dark path you know she's the dark half and he's the light half mm. and thus is born a ship no actually we have to wait for <laughs> don't look at me <laughs> oh, right I am looking at one person in this in this student call right now I have two hands for a reason <laughs> one for one ship and one for the other okay that was i'm just gonna say and that ship was a thing that was a very exciting time to be in the purple heist and fandom we were wild <laughs> wait, wait who's shipping who with who elizabeth and dawkin <laughs> oh dear jack and beth it was beautiful uh, guilty pleasure <laughs> they even had a no theme fun. song <laughs> The fandom's burning me at a stake as we speak. <laughs> well, but yeah, it was it was fun. Like stuff happened since, but like you know, it was really funny. It was fun, and I enjoy every yeah. single moment. Yeah. Oh, I miss the time, but I will say the new shows that we have is really nice as well. Yes. <laughs> okay but it's funny though because like the it was born on stream like the ship but then when the episode came out we were like oh no (laughs) oh no (laughs) so anyways um said dokken says i told you the people need reassuring you need to make a public announcement and lisbeth is watching him from the shadows while dokken is still in the light However, her face comes into a bit of shadow, um, into a bit of light as she says, measures need to be taken against these criminals. They deserve to be hanged. But since you abolished the death penalty, 
You'll need a softer way to get the message through. Uh, can't stand her. She's so honestly, oh my God. Way, she's iconic. She thinks the death penalty is necessary. <laughs> Shoddy. Right. I mean, like yeah, his first thought is the people. Her first thought is punishment. And like, yeah, I understand murderers need to be punished, but she's you could just tell her personality by what she's most interested in. And she's also blaming like Philip. Yeah. She's like, you abolished the death penalty. She's so subtly corrosive emotionally abusive i think she is i mean this is just one hint and we i would love to see like more of this but i have a feeling she's a very emotionally abusive person like manipulative like putting these little lines in making him doubt himself making him feel like he's not competent that he has to turn to other people i can so see her twisting her husband's mind and making him feel worthless yeah Mm, like gatekeep girl boss (laughs) she's gaslighting the king gatekeeping the lower classes of Artalis and the phantom scythe because like you know the phantom scythe has, as like Lauren said in the previous episode like Harvey must have been like pretty desperate to join the phantom scythe that's probably the position of a lot of um lower class citizens in Artalis if like they're turning to terrorism to pay the bills but like gatekeeping the lower classes of Artalis and then girl bossing her way to the top of the Artalis monarchy like she is going to be in like complete control if she can get rid of Dokken so yeah Elizabeth is gaslight gatekeep girl boss good title (laughs) so um Philip says again his face is half in light half in um shadow he says, you are right. We must not show fear. I will double the bounty on the Purple Hyacinth's head and anyone suspected of helping him. Which is bad for us because we know that Lauren <laughs> isn't working with the, with the Purple Hyacinth as Loon. And she is and- technically... Lauren is technically an enabler of the, pan- of the Purple Hyacinth. Because, like, although even if she, like, turned the Purple Hyacinth in, like, the people would still probably die just replaced with another um, assassin, she is still enabling the Purple Hyacinth himself to still commit uh, violent acts of crime. Definitely bad news for her. And also, do you notice that Queen Elizabeth is, like, placing her arm on her hand on his shoulder? So, again, it's so manipulative because she's like, oh, I'm supporting you. I love you. But this is really a persuasion tactic to make you do what I say. Because, you know, mm-hmm. it's now he's going to associate it with, oh, my supportive, loving wife. Of course, you know, I'm going to do this. It's so manipulative. Yeah, yeah earlier, earlier I said that, like, it kind of reminds me of, like, you know, a puppet master and a puppet. Like, she is holding him from, like, the top she's standing while he's sitting she's in the one who's more ready to take control like she's the one who has the power here in like in all the if you look at them in so many of the philip panels like there's so little of philip panels where elizabeth isn't standing above him or standing taller than him like bah behind him so like that's some very that's good um, very interesting character placement you have right there so now <laughs> perfect so good mm-hmm. so then we cut to outside the castle 
oh my god i did not know this panel existed okay sorry i just had a moment because i had to draw the castle recently for a project like the artalis castle and i had i had this different panel that uses reference but it was from a completely different perspective and this perspective is the perspective that i needed oh my god but anyways um so lauren is walking with uh will lucas kim and harvey foster and she says what is up with these two they've been avoiding each other all morning and she's thinking this to herself and she notices something and there seems to be movement behind her and she's thinks hmm, we're not taking the usual path and we see that there are a bunch of people rushing and they're looking really serious while running i don't think i've seen anyone look that serious while running like running is such a silly motion why are you looking serious doing it you look you don't look great <laughs> it looks funny mm-hmm. so we see that on the street or bridge can't really quite tell there's a lot of people uh like sort of gathering which is not covid safe i hope you guys have your masks and lauren stops and she's like huh and she notices well why are we stopping here and she tells that to will as she turns to him and he says we have a much better view of the castle from here and lauren's like but why and kim walks up behind them and she says haven't you heard the king is gonna make a public announcement and lauren says uh i didn't know and will says didn't your uncle tell you and lauren replies no he left in a hurry this morning but why would the king and kim picks up a newspaper and says lauren he struck again last night the purple hyacinth and she lifts the newspaper to lauren's face and her expression is one of pure shock and terror and she stumbles back and she says what who who did he murder and kim said i think it's kim he said probably she, yeah. well one of the two one of them says he infiltrated the tower and killed every single guard who crossed his path and then he murdered all of Loon's convicts. And Lauren is just looking absolutely dead inside in the last Distraught. panel. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. This is where it goes upside down. And then one of the comments say, one of the top comments says, he, he about to get his ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it's i love the way the story is written it's just the germanic moments are just perfect oh i actually don't really read the webtoon comments but i did for the past few days for this podcast and then some of them were like the queen and Dakin are having an affair i was like what (laughs) well anytime there's two people in a room we may as well try to ship them together right it's like, uh, you know, the permutations, combinations thing where you have to try to put every combination possible. I think that's what the fan does. You know, Will and, Will and Lauren, Will and Kim, Will and Herman, Will and Kiki. You know, it's oh like, like <laughs> you have to come up with every possible permutation. <laughs> this is how crack ships are born. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh. 
my favorite or one of my favorite corrections again <laughs> since we're on Is the it pair? topic of the monarchy yes pair they're so <laughs> cute <laughs> and they've literally never interacted but because because Elizabeth is a controlling manipulative girl boss um it's likely that her son hasn't had like hasn't really been exposed to what's really going on in our house because he's probably so sheltered that like you know a butterfly could land on him and he would probably like have a heart attack from shock and die and so what if this kid accidentally met mctrevor's kid and then mctrevor his dad was phantom sight and this is likely when they're older but it would be really cute when they're young it's just like them hanging out like you know having fun as kids but then also them just kind of growing up together oh so cute but anyway <laughs> i'm just laughing how we can't seem to get away from the crack ships i know but the, <laughs> it's a good one it's a good crack ship okay it's not it's not crack it's wholesome it's we talk wholesome about aura. it in the 86 podcast and here we are again <laughs> What is life? <laughs> but yeah. It was listening to this and be like, not this again. <laughs> oh my god. Mary or sorry, not <laughs> it seemed like Mary, like if she came on the podcast, like how she'd be directing over her talking right now. Oh god. Also I like Brandon. <laughs> I feel like you came on the podcast today. <laughs> I love how you like come on the podcast only to hear me like scream about pear, even though pear is like irrelevant. Pear. I'm trying to say P A R. P E A R, I think, because we we have a fan and name for the McTrevor kid, and that is Peter. So it's Peter and Arthur, because that is the name of the prince. Pear. Because we have like kiwi, and then we have pear. So it's like two fruits. Okay. But who's the Peter? Peter is the fan name for my Trevor kid. Oh, okay. This is like sophisticated levels of knowledge over here. <laughs> you have to be... Yeah. I didn't even know the prince's name was Arthur. Is that verified? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, I asked back in the day, I asked uh how old he was. Because it I don't remember why. I I think we were just trying to get like an approximate age but like she said it was nine to ten years old uh let me see if she said anything about the queen or king because i feel like she said um that like it was hmm. i think she said that like it wasn't oh okay yeah Oh, it wasn't actually me. Okay, I'm thinking of a different question. But one of my um, theory friends, one of my old friends said, DJ, she said, if not a spoiler, how old is the Prince of Artalis? And F said about nine to 10. So I'm really thinking of a different question. Hmm. Let me see. Because I feel like I asked about ages at one point. Let me see if I can find it.
Okay, well, let's try to. Did you find it? Yeah, uh, no, I couldn't find it. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> what are your final um, non crack ship crazy theory <laughs> thoughts on this? <laughs> hmm. Elizabeth, do be giving me like, is down for systemic oppression. Like, you know, she paints her nails with it. She applies, she applies it on her lips. She uses it. She like, you know, has it throughout her makeup palette. It's woven into the fabric of her dress. She is giving me like, like a bit of a capitalist vibes where like you have to work for everything on your own. And like, it's very independent and like your faults are only your own. But yeah, she gives me very like, I cause the fandom scythe. And I'm the reason for it. But you won't see me taking responsibility anytime soon. Actually, what I was thinking as well is if a royalty like Philip doesn't know much about his people, how does Lisbeth know better despite being of royalty too, like in the same position? That's the other thing. We don't know, A, that she's from royalty, which somebody else had this theory that maybe, and this also leads to what she does and says later on, that maybe she's not actually from royalty, but also she probably is motivated. You know, if she has an interest in being in control, she probably, you know, she seems intelligent. She probably wants, you know, makes it her business to know what's going on and meddle in everything. Philip may be more naive. He is more naive and less capable. I mean, and also, yeah, we don't know their background. So maybe Philip didn't receive good enough training and Elizabeth did. You know, we don't know where they, you know, more enough about them. Mm. I mean, unpopular opinion, but I quite like Elizabeth, not for her views and morals, but the potential in how devilish she could be. Oh, yeah. It'd be interesting to explore further. Yeah, because like, we have the whole Phantom Scythe drama going on right now and like the leader supposedly being the big bad right now. But Lisbeth, she's a whole giant issue all on her own. Like, <laughs> we, we just met the lady who is the reason the Phantom Scythe is around, right? Because yeah. the Phantom Scythe rose to fight class oppression and she's like, hmm, yes, let's oppress the classes. And it's like, everything she's doing right now so like if the phantom scythe is to be taken down this whole mess over here needs to be addressed and i'm really happy that if it, uh P- or ph is taking that route because a lot of times in stories they'll deal with like an antagonist but they won't really deal with the main root of where the antagonist comes from and seeing this in ph is honestly so refreshing mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the, the strengths of the story is that it delves really deep into like moral complexity and people's motivations, and it just does not do black and white. And it makes you re-question your opinions. You know, every like 10 or 20 episodes, you rethink something that you thought for sure you knew about a character or a concept, and then suddenly you find yourself thinking something else. Mm-hmm. Everything's yeah, like really gray. <laughs> Especially in this pandemic when we all have extra time to think. It is <laughs> it is a lot. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. And I can't wait to keep discussing this whole arc because we're getting up more. And yeah, thanks so much. Thank, thank you, you for having, having me us. again. You're welcome. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much to my current patrons. Susie, Lady Libris, Lily, Jenny, Haley, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Saucy Tuggles, Meg, and Rose, Priya, Alexa, Misty, Laura, Joanne, Patty, Jen, and Milza Esther, I'm watching you tourist, Poppy Seed, Marie, Jen, Emily, Jean, Jen, Aaron, Laura, D, and K. Your support is really, really appreciated.